Feeling down about the state of the world from bushfires to coronavirus? Well, today's guest is on a mission to top up your hope budget with good news. From Blue Tribe Media, this is the Good Business Podcast, the show where we talk to business leaders, social entrepreneurs and innovators about aligning profit with purpose and how you can make doing good, good for business. Now here's your host, James McGregor. So in today's episode of the Good Business Podcast, I'm talking with Kimberly White, who's the founder and CEO of the Planetary Press. And the last time I spoke to Kimberly was a little over a year ago, and she'd just launched the Planetary Press, so I thought I'd check in to see how it was going. What lessons she's learned along the way and her hopes for the future. The Planetary Press is an international news source focused on reporting sustainability, environmental advocacy, corporate social responsibility, and climate change. They highlight sustainable solutions around the globe that inspire others to make a measurable difference. In this episode, Kimberly and I discuss her background growing up in Alaska and Florida and her love of nature, how she is trying to reshape online media by focusing on good news stories, the challenges she is facing in creating a new online news service, and how she wants to be part of everybody's hope budget. And Steve Irwin also gets a mention. So how about we kick off, uh, so people who don't know who you are, uh, why don't we start with you introducing yourself and tell everyone who you are. All right. Uh, My name is Kimberly White. I am the founder and CEO of the Planetary Press. Um, I work internationally with individuals, businesses, NGOs, and governments on having a positive impact on the planet through sustainability. Awesome. Obviously, well-practiced elevator pitch there. So what's something that you think most people wouldn't know about you? Well, that's kind of a tough one, but I guess... Um, one thing is I'm currently working on a book on conscious consumerism. That's probably one thing people don't know about me. <laughs> Can you give us a sneak peek about what that's about? Yeah. So human activity has fundamentally altered the planet. Uh, globally, ecosystems are facing dramatic changes due to human impacts. And our rampant consumerism has led to increased deforestation, water pollution, unfair working conditions, and the extinction of flora and fauna. In the United States, which is where I'm based, consumerism is a way of life. From plastic water bottles to ingredients lists full of palm oil, the negative impacts of the U.S. consumerism alone transcends borders and reaches around the globe. So with my book, I want people to be uncomfortable because change happens when you're uncomfortable. It doesn't come from from complacency because complacency is what got us in this mess in the first place. So I really want people to walk away from that book knowing that while these are massive problems that we can't fix alone, they are problems that we can choose not to support. And uh, consumers uh, control the demand. And if enough consumers come together and choose not to support something, the industry then has to respond and change so they continue on with their business. So really empowering consumers to make make a change. Awesome. And have you got a timeline for when you're planning on releasing? I won't hold you to Uh, it. No, not yet. (laughs) Still in the works. (laughs) Okay, work in progress. Cool. Uh, And what would you say your superpower is? Hmm. Uh, People have called me uh, the connector. Uh, I absolutely love networking. Uh, So bringing people together to foster change and innovation and sustainability is kind of one of my favorite things to do. So if I think two people would work well together, I will absolutely throw them together. So now, last last time we spoke was a little over, uh, actually, it was probably on a year ago now, and you just launched your new venture, the Planetary Press. So tell tell us a little bit about that. What is the Planetary Press? What does it do? Gladly. The Planetary Press is an online news source focused on sustainability, environmental advocacy, corporate social responsibility, and climate change. 
Uh, we feature sustainable solutions from around the globe that inspire others to make a measurable difference. At the Planetary Press, we highlight the work organizations, cities, governments, companies, and individuals are doing to promote sustainability and the impacts they're having on both a local and global scale. So now I want to get back a little bit in time. So you know, going through your bio, uh, you obviously got a very strong passion for making the world a better place. I'm interested in your background about where, do, where does this passion come from? Well, I think I've always had this passion. Um, I was fortunate to live in two beautifully biodiverse places, Alaska and Florida as a child, uh, which gave me a really strong love of nature. Originally, when I started out, I wanted to save the animals, but then I realized I could have a bigger impact on wildlife by transforming business as usual, which has now turned into something much bigger with the planetary press. And was there a particular moment or event that you can remember where which you think triggered that interest? Um, I've always been interested in wildlife and nature since I was a kid, so I can't per- like pinpoint one particular moment, but I was always bringing home some type of stray animal, much to my parents' dismay. So I, I And I spent, when I was a teenager, I spent time at a nature camp where I taught kids about how to really get in touch with like their local wildlife and their nature and what's around them and to really take care of it and to care for it. And so with the Planetary Press, can you take us back to that moment when you decided that's what you're going to do? So this is before you've launched. What what were we doing? What was going on that made you decide I'm going to start an online news service? Well, it's kind of an interesting way it came about. Um, It's something I've always wanted to do since I was a camp counselor um, at a nature park. However, the idea evolved beyond like nature and wildlife through my experiences working with business, city and national sustainability initiatives. And especially recently, news organizations always seem to focus on the negative and the doom and gloom, whereas solutions and projects working to make a positive impact don't receive the attention deserved or needed. Former U.S. Vice President Al Gore has said, while people need to know the facts, there also needs to be a hope budget, uh, which I really identified with. So with the Planetary Press, I set out with the goal that we would be part of people's hope budgets and hopefully empower them to set out to make a difference in their local communities and ultimately our global community because at the end of the day, we're all connected. Yeah, so I like like that term, hope budget. Um, But just from, a, I guess, a a business point of view, I mean, the the media outlets focus on doom and gloom because it seems to sell the news. Um, mm-hmm. h- how have you tried to flip that on its head around? You know, you've still got to, it's a, you know, you're providing basically an online media service. You've still got to bring traffic. you still got to get people coming you know, to the site, presumably generate revenue. We'll get to that in a moment. How have you dealt with that? You know, what, what's, what, what, what are you doing differently, do you think, that's bringing um, traffic to uh, or bringing exposure to the sort of stories that you want to cover? Well, I think one thing that we do differently is uh, we're not focused on one specific region. We are truly global. So we and we try to pull stories from from everyone, you know, whether it be the sustainability director at a large company or a city or an individual activist who is, you know, on the front lines of a movement. So we really want to make sure everybody's story is told. And through that, I feel like we we reach more people. Um, So social media has been a big thing for us. And also, one thing I have realized is people love statistics. So if you can tell them how many, you know, plastic bottles, I'll say Americans use per hour versus, you know, versus like a global scale, it kind of, it does get the clicks. People are interested in learning more about what's going on with that. Or if, um, if a city is banning something like if they are banning plastic bags, or they are moving away towards uh, like the illegal wildlife trade, which we just saw at the time of recording that this morning, the Chinese government is now starting to move away from 
the illegal wildlife trade and there's talk of it being banned permanently. And right now due to the coronavirus, there is a temporary ban placed. So it's things like that. It's just, it's making sure that we're, we're conveying the seriousness and the sense of urgency we have, we need to have to act and, and making sure we have a place for everybody. Yeah. So, so who's, who's the audience for the planetary press? Our audience is everybody. We want to reach um, everyone from that sustainability director to the activists. Um, that, that's kind of, that's what we set out to do is we want to be a, a media source where everybody can come and, and walk away with something new or walk away with hope or walk away with, you know, hey, I didn't know this organization existed. Now I want to go help support them how I can. So, so tell us a little bit about the, um, I mean, how do you keep the lights on? <laughs> you know, you've got, you're running a, a media outlet effectively, uh, but you still need, you know, to keep the lights on to be able to deliver your impact. Uh, how, how does a business model work for the planetary press? For the planetary press, the business model, um, we are still, you know, in the beginning stages. So we haven't quite figured out everything just yet. It's a lot of learning on the go. Ad revenue has been helpful. And also we do have people who have been interested in donating to us as well. So it's been that and a lot of my own personal funds have gone into it. So, you know, within this first year, we are really still working on um, it. Our first focus has been making an impact. And then the second focus has been uh, making the income. <laughs> but we have yeah. been able to keep the lights on, thankfully, to a lot of people who believe in the cause. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, traditionally, I think media has lived off the back of advertising revenue. Are you, are you looking at partnering with, you know, obviously with a, your audience, with, I would say, or are they converted in many ways of people who are working in the sustainability space or interested in this topic already? And so you're effectively building a movement and a tribe. Uh, are you working with brands that uh, are aligned with that mission to get to that audience and, and bring everyone with them? Oh, yeah, we have worked with, with certain brands, um, but a lot of it actually comes down to to um, individuals and even some NGOs who really want to see this move forward. And Google AdSense has also been a really great one for us. The one thing that you know we've maintained is important is we always want to make sure that our ads are representative of of you know what we believe in as well. So you know we don't want to advertise fossil fuels. And that's one thing that's been important. Maybe take us back a little bit around, you know, I guess, launching a brand new enterprise is challenging enough. I mean, what, what, what's been one of the hardest things do you think in, you, know, you only launched a little over a year ago, I think you just had your first anniversary. Um, what's been one of the toughest challenges that you've had to deal with? Well, with media, it's always, you know, finding how to convey your message. So for us, finding the right language to convey the seriousness and sense of urgency we need to have with the climate crisis, for example, to everyone, especially those climate deniers, and also keeping everything nonpartisan, because we do need everyone. The, the climate crisis is and will continue to impact everyone everywhere, regardless of their political affiliations. So it's the biggest challenge for us has been really focusing on policies and solutions, not the politicians, and making sure we're inclusive of everybody. We really want to identify the things that pe bring people together, not tear them apart, because there's enough of that going on right now. Yeah. I'm always just about to ask, man, how, I guess, particularly in the US, you know, there's partisan politics and um, what's going on there. I mean, how do you get cut through, given that, you know, it's 24-7, wall-to-wall, Democrats versus Republicans, um, you know, environmentalists versus fossil fuel? Um, and how, how, how do you get cut through uh, in that sort of environment? Well, it, it is it is very – that is really difficult um, because, to me, it's frustrating because it should not even be 
a party issue. It should be something that brings us together, but unfortunately, it has really been politicized. So really, it's identifying things that bring people together because everybody cares about something. And, you know, whether it be, you know, the financial impact or the environmental impact, there's something for everybody to care about an issue. So it's really kind of bringing that to to the forefront of it and making everybody realize, hey, this is something that can bring us together rather than tear us apart. And we are seeing a shift in, in how people are viewing this, especially from um, the finance industry. We're seeing big commitments out of you know giants like Goldman Sachs and even uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, who has been who has been you know more of an environmental offender. They had just recently come out with you know the climate crisis is going to be a lot worse than they had originally indicated. So, you know, we're starting to see a shift in, in realization. So I'm, I'm hoping that at least in the U.S., we're going to be seeing more of that realization that, okay, it's not a political issue. It is something, it's a people issue. This is going to affect all of us. So we need to need to cut the party lines already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, now, you mentioned before, um, I guess one of the challenges around how to choose the right language to communicate to the audience. What's some of the things that you've learned around you know, as a writer, I guess, crafting words is your your craft. What What is some of the types? Of, <laughs> uh, what, what is some of the sorts of language do you think that's working across those divides? I would say definitely, you know, even not so much language as it comes down to statistics and like showing the actual science behind it and finding those commonalities where people will be like, okay, this represent this works for me and it also works for them. That's kind of one of the big things for that. I really, we really keep it fact-based is we don't, we don't add a lot of opinion in at all. It's really fact-based, fact-forward and, and hoping that that, that cuts through the, the, the political ties. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that the point you made earlier around um, making it about people and what's, you know, how do you find that balance between, you know, what's in it for them? Because, you know, that, that still is you know, a basic dri- a human driver. Uh, and, you know, I look at the the war on coal. We need to make sure, you know, the war on coal is differentiated from the the coal communities because they're mm-hmm. two different issues. You know, one, one's about a particular resource and energy uh, means of energy production, um, but those communities still rely on that resource. Um, so, you know, you can't, you can't, have a war on coal and then not have some sort of positive plan for those communities uh, that are involved. So I think yeah, every, every whether you're business to business or business to consumer, everything's people to people, right? So we're all in the people to people. Exactly. Business, so. It's balancing that out. And, and, you know, in those communities where that is the focus is, you know, what is next? We're not, it's showing that we're not going to, you know, yeah, there's this war on coal, but that does not mean we're going to leave these people out, out of the door. You know, we're going to be having a positive transition moving forward and being very inclusive of everybody. So showing that, you know, there is a plan for that and that it has worked in other places, I think is one of the most important things. And also going back to the like language part is showcasing positive examples of where this has worked. I think was one of the one of the best ways to get through is like showing, yeah, this worked here, this worked here, and it can work here. And also identifying those challenges because people don't just want to hear about the good things. It's also showing them, yes, there are challenges, but you can make it through them. Yeah, and I, but I also, I mean, that, I think language is actually really, really, really important. I think it's a misunderstood thing we've been we've been doing a lot of work recently as you know actually one of the articles that we um that contributed to the planetary press was about a new tv show that we're working on trying to drive the uptake of sustainable housing and one of the key learnings from that is that specific words 
you know, for example, words like green and sustainable and eco, if you're trying to bring a mass market with you, actually are very polarizing. And so you actually need to avoid using those because as soon as you say that, people then associate with a certain tribe um, and mm-hmm. uh, or a certain um, external reflection of who they see themselves as. So if you, you know, people who don't see themselves as necessarily environmentalists, if you use the word green or sustainable, um, they immediately think, you know, living on in a commune in rammed earth floors um, with dreadlocks, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, off grid, but we, we know the reality is of <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so, but we know, like for example, the technology, you know, sustainable technology and green buildings, for example, which is sort of my my background, is super cool. Like, there's such such amazing engineering and technology that goes into them. But words are so powerful that if you use the wrong words, you, you sort of turn people off. Exactly. And and where I'm based, I'm based in the state of Florida. The language of climate change was actually banned for a while now. And so we couldn't talk about climate change or the climate crisis. So we really had to frame everything around the terminology of resiliency, like building resiliency to these environmental challenges. So it's just it's, it's knowing your audience and realizing, okay, what what wording can we use with and what can make people excited like the science behind it is exciting yeah yeah it's yeah some amazing stuff uh going on so now we talked earlier about you know you're trying to run with this good news story um, but i guess you know recently here in australia with the bushfires that we had here the you know sort of unprecedented fires around the country which you know the you know climate change is for sure a contributor to that you know that's that's really shocked i think the community into seeing what does this future look like in reality, which is quite, actually quite a negative thing. Like in terms of yeah, the, what what occurred was negative, mm-hmm. um, but that's how it cut through. I and mean, how, how do you find a balance for something? You know, talking about that sort of event, for example, on not sounding alarmist or and sort of getting get again polarizing people to sort of communicate those sorts of issues. Again, it really it really comes down to the facts and carefully choosing whether we talk about whether it be climate crisis or climate emergency. So we might say climate change in order to, you know, not sound alarmist. And what we also focus on is like um, what what has happened over the past 100 years. And you can really show this, those temperature differences and the differences in these natural disasters and what's going on. And, and conveying that also with paired with that language really does make that impact. And, and highlighting, again, those, those organizations – those amazing firefighters, everybody who really stepped up in the face of this, and those who are coming together. I know I we saw a lot of horror stories really coming out of Australia with the fires, but I think what's also been so wonderful is we've also seen a lot of people come together to to really make that change. Um, we've seen celebrities go through and like you know try to raise funds. We've seen a lot of action from Australia Zoo who saved. Oh my gosh, what was it? 90,000 animals from the fires. So it was, it was, it's, it's just, just really showcasing all sides of it. And then at the end of it, that person's going to make their decision on whether, you know, they, they believe it or they, or they don't. But at the end of the day, I hope we really do at least leave it in their mind to where they think about it. So, so what's next? So if you could cast your eye to the future for planetary press, so what, what's next? Where, where, do you, where, where do you see it going in the future? Well, there's a lot of things that we would like to continue with. Um, I do see us uh, expanding more. Currently, we're in where our audience is in more than 170 countries. So I would eventually like to, to get all of those on our list. That would be wonderful. <laughs> um, I would also like for us to incorporate 
I would say more business stories as well, more positive stories coming out of business, especially building in their resiliency plans. And also I would like to, we're, we're well, we are planning on doing a, um, a couple of leadership series. So that was definitely something for people to keep an eye out on. Um, that'll be launching later this year. Great. Sounds good. We'll, uh, we'll let us know about that and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll promote that out through our, our channels as well. So if you could go back a year, obviously you know, you've just gone through your first anniversary, what would you do differently? You know, I don't think I'd do anything differently. Uh, it The whole part of it has been a journey where it's, you know, you, you learn through those messy details. So for me, I wouldn't change anything. I would just, I would just keep moving forward. And we've made some really great partnerships with some organizations like Sea Women based out of Columbia and Wadsum, the first woman owned business news uh, organization in Afghanistan. And it's just, we've built these great relationships and we've learned along the way. So I wouldn't change anything. Great. So for someone who was out there listening right now and they've you know, grown up with a love of nature and they've suddenly decided they're going to launch a, a new enterprise to sort of pursue their passion, what's one piece of advice that you give someone like that? Go for it. Don't let the fear of failing hold you back. Every great idea, invention, or even movement started from that same spark. Uh, and don't be discouraged if it doesn't happen right away. Uh, change does, change takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. So just you know, keep moving forward and and keep yourself inspired and always keep learning. I think that's one of the most important things we can be doing. Yeah, great. Uh, that's a, that's a really common piece of advice. It's just go for it. You uh, and I, when I when I started my business, I literally just quit my job and had no plan. <laughs> just literally went out there and had to go. Uh, and you'd be amazed uh, if you've got that mission focus. What opportunities? So actually, one of our previous guests, you know, if you've got a, a clear mission, doors will always. Open for you, I think, in this space. So, uh, yeah, I think that's good advice. So, if people wanted to uh, get in touch with you or learn more about the Planetary Press, uh, what's the best way for them to connect? Um, they can visit us at our website, uh, www.theplanetarypress.com, or on Twitter at Planetary Press. Um, they can also reach us via email, which the email is on our website. Great. No worries. And if people hit, like, I've got stories, like, what's the best way for them to sort of let you know about you know, good news stories uh, that might be suitable for? planetary press um definitely send us an email you can reach me at uh editor at theplanetarypress.com or if you're on social media uh, you can direct message us on twitter or, or tag us in something even we've had some great organizations tag us in their posts and some stories have come about that way as well great awesome all right so let's wrap it up with our what we call our mad minute so it's uh, five rapid fire questions the goal is 60 seconds but we'll see how we go uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice came from my mom. She always told me, uh, don't be afraid of hearing the word no. And if you believe in what you're doing, don't give up. Yeah, great advice. Mum's always no best. Uh, oh, yeah. what's, what's your favorite <laughs> business book? <laughs> uh, right now it's The Trillion Dollar Shift uh, by Marga Hoek. And soon to be uh, conscious, conscious Consumerism. Is that going to be the title of the upcoming book? Uh, no, it's not going to be the title. Um, I still have that under wraps, but I'll, you'll be one of the first to know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. So when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, Steve Irwin. <laughs> um, I def- oh, really? <laughs> I, yes. I was a huge, huge Steve Irwin fan and I desperately wanted to be a herpetologist um, when I grew up and work with alligators and crocodiles and snakes. It was just, it was just so inspiring to me. So I watched every episode. I was, I was a huge fan. Still am. <laughs> so what's a herpetologist? Uh, a herpetologist works with reptiles and amphibians. So it's, it's a biologist just with that specialty. There we go. A new, a new word for my vocabulary today. 
what what's your favorite quote? Uh, my favorite quote is definitely by Jane Goodall, and we actually have this up on our site. It is, you cannot get through a single day without having an impact on the world around you. What you do makes a difference, and you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make. Like it, good one. Uh, and if you if you go back in time and give your twenty year old self some advice, what would it be? Uh, no guarantees my twenty year old self would listen, but it would be relax, uh, live in the moment more, and don't get so caught up in the details of the future that you lose out on your present. You don't get those moments back. Awesome. And uh, yeah, even if your twenty year old self wouldn't listen, that's probably some uh, sage advice for them. So, look, thank, thank you for your time. It's been uh, great chatting with you uh, 12 months on since we last spoke, just after you launched. Uh, certainly encourage people to go and check out the Planetary Press. There's lots of really great stories on there. And if you're looking for your daily dose of hope to fill up your hope bucket, make sure you go and check it out. So thanks for joining us on the Good Business Podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope your hope budget was topped up a little from today's episode. And if it wasn't, make sure you go and check out the Planetary Press. Today's episode was all about communicating and storytelling. So make sure you check out our free ebook on selling sustainability that'll help you communicate and get people to buy into your big idea. You can get the ebook and the show notes by visiting www.bluetribe.co forward slash podcast. Coming up in the next episode. It's not like you can rent a co-working space with a chocolate kitchen in the back, right? It just doesn't exist. In the next episode, I'm going to show you how you can eat more chocolate and make the world a better place. Even Willy Wonka would be excited about this one. That's it for another episode of the Good Business Podcast. I'm James McGregor. Until next time.